Book 2, The Ramadan of the Elders Most of this book is reproduced from Hadrat Sheikh's book Akabir Ka Ramadan and is narrated in Hadrat Sheikh al-Hadith's own words. Ramadan of the Elders, page 109 Some of the daily devotions of our elders in the month of Ramadan are mentioned in fadail ramadan Shortly after, as my autobiography was being compiled, I added a few other devotions of my Sheikh, Hadrat Saharan Puri, at the request of some friends. Considering the relevance of these devotions to the subject, I have narrated them again. I sent out a questionnaire to Hadrat Sheikh Ashraf Ali Tanvi, Rahmatullah successor, Khwaja Azizul Hassan Madzub, about Hadrat Tanvi's devotions during Ramadan. When I received the reply, some friends insisted I answer these same questions about Hadrat Saharan Puri as well. Therefore, I will put up the questions from the questionnaire and then answer about Hadrat Saharan Puri's devotions in light of the questionnaire. Letter sent from Zakaria to Khwaja Azizul Hassan Madzub. My friend Hadrat Khwaja, may Allah Ta'ala increase you in your honor. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. It made me really happy to know that you have settled down in Tana Bhavan for some time now. May Allah Ta'ala increase your progress in deen. I am writing this letter at this time for a particular reason. I couldn't think of a better person to ask this favor from than yourself, since you are one of the closest to Hadrat. Because of this, I don't think you will find it hard to attend to this task. I actually wish to know Hadrat's daily routine for the month of Ramadan. My propriety towards him stops me from asking Hadrat himself, and I won't get much from staying one or two days, so I am making you a means of learning of his devotion. I hope you will not feel burdened by this task. For your ease, I have prepared a questionnaire. 1. What is his habit regarding the time he breaks his fast? Does he follow a preset timetable or go by the moon? 2. If he follows a timetable, does he wait a few extra minutes or break the fast immediately? 3. Does he break his fast with any specific food or with whatever is available? If it is something specific, what is it? 4. How much time is given between iftar and salah? 5. Does he break his fast at home or in the school? 6. Does he break his fast alone or with the gathering? 7. Are dates and zamzam important for iftar? 8. Is there any difference in the amount of voluntary salah he prays after Maghrib? How about any difference in the way it is prayed, i.e. is it longer? 9. Does he recite any specific surahs in the voluntary salah? 10. Regarding dinner after iftar, i.e. what are the times for eating? Also, is there any increase or decrease in the amount he eats in Ramadan? 11. I learned that he listened to the Qur'an in Taraweeh in the school this year due to illness. But what is his routine otherwise? Does he recite himself and how much every day? 12. Any specific day in which the Qur'an is completed, e.g. on the 27th or 29th or any other day? 13. After Taraweeh, is it his habit to sit with his helpers or not? Does he leave for his home immediately after Taraweeh or after a period of time? 14. Does he rest when he arrives at home or does he do something else? And from what time to what time does he rest? 15. What is his habit of recitation in tahajjud? I.e. how many parts does he recite and from what time to what? 16. What is his habit in sahar? I.e. what time does he eat and how much time before dawn does he stop? 17. 
Does he have any habit of drinking milk or anything else in Sahar? Does he eat fresh chapati or leftover from the night before? 18. Is Fajr prayed near sunrise? Is far or in its beginning time? 19. Does he sleep at any time in the day or not? If he does, is it the morning or the afternoon? 20. Does he have any specific habit for recitation of Quran or not? i.e. does he recite a specific amount every day in Ramadan or not? 21. Is it his habit to recite to anyone or not? 22. In most of his recitation by memory or is most of his recitation by memory or while looking in the Quran? 23. What is his perpetual habit for etikaf and has he performed etikaf for more than 10 days, e.g. for 40 days? 24. Is there any difference between the last 10 days and the rest of Ramadan? 25. Is there any other specific habit worthy of mention? Please, if you could give a detailed reply and if possible, could you ask of Hadrat Haji Imdadullah's devotions for the, from the, for the month of Ramadan and send that also? If we could learn of his devotions, it would be excellent, since no one amongst the remaining elders is more informed of the devotions of Haji Imdadullah than Hadrat Tanvi. I know this is difficult, but the routines and devotions of our elders being a most enlightening example for all the helpers will be of great benefit. May Allah Ta'ala will. The reply. My friend, the respected one, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. I received your blessed letter. I myself was not aware of some, in fact, most of Hadrat's devotions for the month of Ramadan, so I was forced to present a letter to Hadrat, who said, Tell him that he can write to me directly if he wishes to know. This reply is for your information. Since I am an etikaf, I am writing with a pencil. Please forgive me. Wa'assalam, Azizul Hassan, Anhu. The letter is not post-dated, but I did finally learn of Hadr's devotions after some research, which will come under its own section. Devotions of Hadr Sheikh Khalil Ahmed Saharanpuri when I published the questionnaire, some friends wished and I myself thought it would be excellent to use the questionnaire as a method of discussing Hadrat Saharanpuri's devotions, though it has been previously narrated briefly in Tadkirat al-Khalil and Fadail al-Ramadan. I wish to use the question-answer format to highlight his devotions for the month of Ramadan 1328 to 1345, which is the September of 1910 to the March of 1927. Hadrat Sheikh accompanied his Sheikh throughout these Ramadan, except for the Ramadan of 1334 or 1916 when he was in Makkah to and I was in Saharanpur. 1. Hadrat always wore a watch and though someone was permanently assigned to keep it synchronized throughout the year, he was especially meticulous about keeping his watch in sync with the post office and telephone time during the month of Ramadan. 2. He did his iftar two to three minutes after the time on the timetable. This was also Hadrat Raipuri's habit because sunrise and sunset was clearly visible in Raipur and because of that he synchronized his watch with direct observation of sunrise and sunset. My father, Sheikh Yahya and uncle Sheikh Ilyas both never followed the timetable or watches. They followed the hadith when the night comes and the day withdraws. Their sights were always on the sky. 3. Dates and Zamzam were important in Iftar. People who came in from Hajj gave dates and Zamzam as gifts for Hadrat, which were saved for Ramadan. 
A certain amount of Zamzam was especially saved for Ramadan, but the dates were served if they were starting to go bad. At the time of Iftar, he drank a half to three quarters cup of milk tea and the rest was handed to me. 4. There was a 10 minute interval between Iftar and Salah so that people could eat Iftar at home and come in time for Salah. 5. Hadrat's habit was to eat Iftar in the school. In Medina to Manawara, his Iftar was in Madrasa Ulum al Sharia. 6. Approximately 15 to 20 helpers were present with Hadrat in Iftar. 7. Dates and Zamzam were important in Iftar. 8. There was no difference in the number Hadrat prayed after Maghrib, though the way he prayed his Salah was certainly different. It took longer than his normal habit. 9. He generally recited one and a quarter part, reciting the same part in Maghrib, which he then recited in Taraweeh. 10. Hadrat ate dinner at home after he completed his voluntary Salah. He took about 20 to 25 minutes in voluntary Salah. He ate much less than in the other months. The custom in Kandla and Gango was that we never ate pilau in Sahar but actually avoided it since it was considered to increase thirst when fasting. The first time I ate pilau in Sahar was at Hadrat's place in Saharanpur. It has never been my habit to eat anything in iftar because it becomes difficult to recite Quran in Taraweeh but when I was young and in good health I filled myself up in Sahar. Once the subject came up in Hadrat's gatherings that Zakaria does not eat in iftar, Hadrat replied, How is he going to eat in iftar when his habit is to eat no more than is required to keep himself alive? 11. Aside from the last two years of Hadrat's life in which time he became frail and sick, he always led the taraweeh himself. After Dar al-Talaba, old complex was built, my father Sheikh Yahya led the taraweeh in the first year under Hadrat's orders. After that, it was Hadrat's routine to lead Taraweeh himself. 12. It was his habit to finish the Qur'an on the 29th. He recited one and a quarter part the first few days and then one part until the end. An amazing incident about Shah Abdul Qadir al-Dahlawi in Taraweeh. It is known about Shah Abdul Qadir al-Dahlawi that he recited two parts on the first of Ramadan if it was going to be 29 days and one part if it was going to be 30. After Shah Abdul Aziz, his brother led Taraweeh in his masjid, he sent out a person to investigate, asking, Did my brother recite one part or two today? If he recited two, he, Shah Abdul Aziz, would say, This Ramadan will have 29 days. This is kashf, not knowledge of the unseen. 13. After Taraweeh, Hadrat rested for 15 to 20 minutes in the school. At this time, his helpers massaged his feet and they discussed with Hadrat anything from Taraweeh, i.e. if someone had corrected Hadrat incorrectly in Taraweeh or other such matters. Hufad came from far away to listen to Hadrat in Taraweeh. After I led Taraweeh, sometimes in Hakim Ishaq's masjid and sometimes when Ammaji, Hadrat Saharanpur's wife, insisted in Hadrat's house, I rushed to catch Taraweeh behind Hadrat. By that time, Hadrat had usually completed four to six rakahs, since Taraweeh started early in Hakim Ishaq's masjid and late where Hadrat led, in the school and in Darat Talaba. And then I also recited really fast. Once Hadrat started Surah At-Talaq and recited the first ayah, Ya ayyuhal nabiyu, I quickly corrected him, Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu. Hafiz Muhammad Hussain was Hadrat's main listener. He came every year from Ajrara to spend Ramadan in Saharanpur. 
My uncle Sheikh Ilyas and Sheikh Abdul Latif were also standing behind Hazrat at the time. They all said in unison, Ya ayyuhan nabiyu. After Taraweeh, Hadrat lay down for a short while. Malvi Zakaria, were you sleeping? He asked. I said, no, not at all, Hadrat, but I thought that if all the verbs in the ayah are plural, it must be Ya ayyuhan amanu, not Ya ayyuhan nabi. Hadrat Saharan Puri replied, you use analogy in the Quran? I said, Hadrat, it's the rules of Nahwa, not analogy. Once during Taraweeh, Hafiz Hussain made a mistake in correcting Hadrat. I corrected him immediately thereafter. Hafiz Hussain realized he had made a mistake and said, Ha, that's right in Urdu vernacular, and then repeated my correction. In the interval after Taraweeh, I asked Hadrat, Did you take my correction or Hafiz Hussain's? What I meant was that Hafiz Hussain's salah broke by saying ha. So if Hadrat took his correction, I would stand up and announce that everyone's salah must be repeated. Hadrat understood my point. He said, you think I am crazy that I would take his correction? Hadrat made such witty remarks at this time. Sometimes he discussed the fine points of different ayahs. 14. After Taraweeh, he rested for a short time, as mentioned above, and then went home and sat with his family for 15 to 20 minutes. He advised some women of the neighborhood on matters of deen at this time, and then slept for two and a half to three hours. 15. It was his routine to recite two parts in Tahajjud. At times he recited more or less, depending on how much time he had. When the hadith of Nazair came up during the writing of Badr al-Majhud, Hadrat said to me, note this hadith down, we will recite it in Tahajjud today. This is an example of love for the Sunnah of the Blessed Prophet I have heard that it was Shaykh al-Hind's habit to pray two raka'ah voluntary salah while sitting after witr. Somebody said, you will only get half the reward if you sit. Hadrat replied, that is true brother, but my heart is more into following the Sunnah of the Blessed Prophet though I may not gain the full reward. It is true that he will only get half the reward of, from the Sharia point of view, but considering his deep love for the Sunnah, I personally believe he will gain more than the reward of praying voluntary Salah while standing. It is said that Majnoon even showed his affection for the dogs that lived in the city of his beloved Layla.